We've asked for and received an opportunity to talk to Dr. G. Terry Madonna, a senior fellow in residence at Millersville University, former professor of public affairs and director of the Center for Politics and Public Affairs at Franklin and Marshall College, director of the Franklin Marshall College Poll, and he has been a nationwide figure with political analysis and forward-thinking remarks and empirical data to back up his information and suppositions, and uh, so we appreciate him. Wow, that's quite a an introduction. Well, I'll say, I'd say you, I, I, I almost know that person. <laughs> I'd say you deserve it, Terry. It does a super, Thank you. A super what job. A nice last night, and it's still not over. <laughs> well, that's just it. Uh, yeah, well, let's start out with that. Uh, just give us a description of what you saw yesterday when it comes to Doug Mastriano and President Trump and, yeah. and Oz and McCormick and them. Well, the uh, Republican gubernatorial primary was certainly decided with Doug Mastriano with a 24 percentage point victory. That is larger than the real clear politics average of the polls uh, by about uh, 10 points, 10 percentage points. Uh, Mastriano uh, literally uh, drew his support from a wide array of voters around the state. Uh, Let me just say this uh, uh, quickly. We're getting different numbers out of different websites, you know, media websites. I use the Department of State website. You know, you can use different ones. That's fine. But it depends when, you know, they finished adding the numbers to the website. I'm talking about the media uh, outlets. Uh, and so we still have to be a little little careful about the numbers. They could change someone somewhat. But Mastriano really, really blew out uh the opponents, and we all know the story, I'm sure your listeners know the story about how the establishment Republicans went out of their way in the last week to try to derail Mastriano's candidacy, you know, by trying to urge people to get, there were nine individuals in the race to urge uh, the opponents of Mastriano to get out of the race and endorse Lou Barletta, a former congressman. Uh, from up in the northeast, former mayor of Hazelton, and he won. He won not not just by ten, twelve, fifteen, sixteen points, but by twenty-four points. That was an amazing victory in terms of the size of that victory. Well, the last time I saw something like that was when the Republicans tried to get Nelson Rockefeller over the top against <laughs> Barry Goldwater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that didn't go so well. No, either. it didn't. This didn't either. Do you think that pre- I've heard uh, people saying, "Well, President Trump threw Lou Barletta under the bus," and Barletta was one of his big supporters. How, how do you how do oh, you yeah, do that? Do yeah. you think he, he did? Oh no, no. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's not that the, the fact is that if you take a look at the on the Republican side, whether you're talking about the gubernatorial race or the Senate race, I mean, it's not as though these candidates were not Trump supporters. And uh, now we can argue to the degree of their Trump support, but even Bill McSwain, a Trump appointed U.S. attorney in Philadelphia, who Trump dissed on the last 10 days of the election when he said, don't vote for McSwain because he would not support. He would not support my idea that the election in Pennsylvania was stolen, you know, election fraud. But what was fascinating is, even after that, McSwain kept repeating over and over again, oh, I was the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney from Philadelphia. <laughs> so it's, it, it's not as though they ran away. 
the Republican establishment was nervous that if Mastriano, who won the nomination, that he could not defeat the Democratic nominee, Josh Shapiro, in the fall. I think that was the major concern, that he would lose the Shapiro, because they argued he was on this far-right agenda that had literally come and gone. What does that mean? Well, re- let's, uh, election fraud is the reason Trump lost Pennsylvania in 2020. That's number one. Number two, there should have been a uh, reevaluation of the entire presidential election in our state, which he, uh, uh, you know, which uh, Mastriano tried to do as a state senator uh, back in 2000. And twenty. Well, there's no doubt Mastriano, uh, they're, they're in love with him in the uh, Trump wing of the Republican Party. But how's that going to play out in the fall? I mean, let's yeah. face it, he's not exactly a mainstream candidate. He's so extreme, yep. No, no. no that, yeah, the problem is, in, you know, to win a Pennsylvania election, as you folks know from covering elections, you just can't win your own party's voters. You have to, well, it's going to, turnout is by party is obviously important and we can talk about what that looks like and that's important coming up but we have you want to win moderate voters you want to win independent voters there's about 1.3 million of them registered independent you want to win voters who don't pay a lot of attention to elections but might still vote particularly may not vote in primary elections but will vote in general elections voters who are subject to change so there's a whole classification of voters, if you will, that we can throw into the, quote, undecided category until the election begins. And that's what the establishment, Republican establishment, is concerned about, that uh, Mastriano won't be able to expand his base. Yeah, to include uh, Democrats. Uh, yeah, you, you can't introduce and, and me. some Democrats, that's exactly right. You can't introduce me to any Democrats who are supporting Mastriano. There's, there's no cross in the aisle there. Uh, does this show how little impact Pennsylvania's GOP leadership has when it comes to endorsements? All of our local Republicans and a lot of statewide ones supported Lou Barletta, but of course to no avail. Yeah, well, they couldn't get the... And there's been some criticism of the Republican statewide leadership for not settling on a candidate and then trying to get an endorsement of that candidate. I think it takes two-thirds vote at that meeting of Republican leaders to do the endorsement, but it was too little too late, and that's been the criticism. And now, in retrospect, they're saying, well, why didn't we settle on on a uh, Lou Barletta, for example, who's ultimately who the establishment Republican said, let's vote for this guy. And by the way, the, you other Dem- Republicans trying to win the gubernatorial nomination drop out, drop out. Two did, but uh, obviously uh, they had combined about 5% of the vote. <laughs> well, did President Trump endorse Mastriano because he was going to win so big? I mean, he waited until last Friday. Oh, yes, he did, yeah. That, I tell you what, I was surprised that he waited so long. Uh, he endorsed Oz, what, about two weeks before the election. Mm-hmm. Then he was out in Greensburg for a rally, and 
out in the southwestern part of our state uh, for Oz, and most of us are analysts that, oh, he's going to, you know, put the pitch in for Dr. Oz, but he's also going to endorse, endorse Mastriano, and he didn't do it. That came as a surprise. And of all nine Republican candidates, none of them were more supportive of Donald J. Trump than Doug Mastriano. And so he did it very belatedly, as you accurately point out. Mastriano was going to win with or without the endorsement. I think the endorsement added some percentage points to Mastriano's ultimate victory. But Mastriano was, had a double-digit lead before Donald J. Trump endorsed him. Dr. Madonna, let's switch to the Senate race now. It, sure. it's, uh, it's unresolved on the Republican side, although uh, Kathy Barnett has said that she would not support whoever eventually won, which right. I think is somewhat of a surprise. And you have the lieutenant governor, who is pretty much, I would say, the uh, liberal uh, Mastriano for the Democrats. I mean, he's not exactly Austin a mainstream Davis. candidate. Austin Davis, yeah. So yeah. What, what, how do you see this race? What do you think? How do you think Oz and, uh, is going to fare yeah. here? Well, here's the this, this you know, we, we still have uh, 22,000 ballots in my county, Lancaster County, to be counted. Mail-ins, they had a, a code problem and couldn't, and couldn't uh, count the votes. And there may be a few here and there in which they have some problem with and couldn't count yesterday. So we're going to have to wait and find out. But here's, here's where it, it's likely to go. In Pennsylvania, uh, our law says that if that if the victor, if if the win, the winner is under 0.5 percent, there's an automatic recount, 0.5 percent, which is where it is right now, and that recount is must be scheduled by the third Wednesday following the election. In our state, that would be June one, June one, and the recount must be finished by June seven. So if indeed, when it's all finally settled. And I've been using the Department of State website to get my results. If it's when it's all settled, if indeed uh, none of the candidates, and right now Dr. Oz has a narrow lead, he trailed most of the evening, as I'm sure your listeners know. If the victory is under 0.5 percent, then we're going to this automatic recount. Now the losing candidate can uh, refuse the recount, but trust me. Uh, which who's ever behind uh, either McCormick or Oz, and again, Oz has this narrow lead. <laughs> They're going to say, let's do the recount. They didn't go to where they are now not to have a recount in an election that close. So we could have to wait until June 7th. I'm not saying we will. I'm just saying we, we could have to wait until June 7th to get the final results. $35 million is the amount of money McCormick supposedly spent on negative ads. Impactful? Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the one, if you take the money that the two candidates personally put in, Oz and McCormick, and then you add the money that came in from outside of the state, I read a figure, I read several figures, over $50 bucks were spent in advertisements, radio and television, and that would be a record for a Pennsylvania primary. And each side beat the other up unmercifully. I think you would agree, unmercifully. And I think that played, uh, you know, that that certainly uh, a play, played a role in all of this. I don't, I don't think you can, you 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 can discount that. Uh, and here's what was also surprising in the polls that were done. Barnett was nip and tuck with Oz and McCormick, and some of them 
within the margin of error, she she ends up with uh, about 25% of the vote in a situation in which McCormick and Oz were slightly over 31%. So you can see uh, her vote didn't ultimately come through. I don't know if her statement that she wouldn't support the uh, winner of the primary in the general election made a difference or not. We don't quite know. But I think most of us were a little surprised that it wasn't that she wasn't more into the election, although she did get uh, her her life and her career were rigorously examined by the media. <laughs> yeah, in a big uh, hurry. Following her, you know, yeah, yeah after she became, uh, you know, um, uh, into the into the into the uh, race. Right. She launched the new science called Twitter mining to find out what everything she's ever <laughs> yes, said. So, well, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate the analysis. Visit us sometime when you're back in this region. We'd love to chit-chat with you again. And thank you always for your check-ins. Yeah, Dr. D- Dr. Madonna, thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Take care. Dr. G. Terry Madonna, senior fellow in residence at Millersville University, former professor of public affairs and the starter of that famous poll that continues at Franklin and Marshall, still much talked about. Actually, he started it at Millersville when he was there. Yeah, good point. Excellent. And uh, talking about the Pennsylvania spring primary election.